The following episode contains strong language, sexual and crude humor, references to torture, crime and violence, and descriptions of medical disease and experimentation. This episode is also originally ripped from one of our live streams, and so contains a bit more crosstalk and background noise compared to our normal episodes. Hello, hello, our beautiful audience. My name is Paul Brandon Brownson, and for the past couple of years, I have played Laserhawk on the Masks and Mayhem podcast, which uses Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition by Green Ronin Publishing. Tonight, we are going to be doing the Session Zero for the Redacted Rangers. I'll just go ahead and say it. A Suicide Squad-styled, inspired adventure. But with that said, I think that we should toss it around real quickly to just go ahead and have everyone quickly introduce themselves so that way we're not sitting here for 20 minutes going hey well we we know all these people who's this guy just sitting to the left of brandon who we're gonna go ahead and start with is that me that is <laughs> you buddy i am the usually disembodied troy and uh i am uh, going to be playing Hintar of seltron 3 I work for Green Running Publishing. I'm the uh, community communications nerd, and uh, I get to do fun stuff like this as part of my job, and I love it. And I love everybody on this cast that we've been able to have some fun and play in some games uh, over Halloween. Um, we majority of folks here, so I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you. Let's go ahead and uh, take it. Let's be weird. Let's take it clockwise. Quinn, go ahead and introduce yourself a second time. <laughs> well, you can't say that to me because I'm a complete narcissist and my main character <laughs> syndrome is off the charts. Um, I'm Katrina Quinn. Um, my pronouns are they, them. And a part of this campaign, I'm going to be playing the machinist daughter. It's a kind of like tight lips character that I don't want to like get much into. Uh, just know there's definitely some Mecha Gundam vibes involved and I can't Ooh. wait to fly in and make everyone question their realities and our surreal reality. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'm a full-time Twitch streamer, Twitch partner activist. I do a lot of panels. I spoke at PAX East recently, if you were there. I was on several panels, and I'm here doing this right now, so, hi. See, now it's my turn, and I, I, um... <laughs> I believe in you, sugar. Yeah. Oh, thanks, somebody has to. I assume if you're here, you have at least listened to our show, I'm gonna say maybe once, hopefully more times. Uh, but I am one-fifth of the Masters of Mayhem podcast, uh, because Sama will always be a part of the podcast, I don't care. I am a barista by trade, shit-stirrer by choice. Uh, every now and again, you'll catch me on Twitch. My handle there is Crash and Thrashin. Otherwise, you can find me at my beard featuring me on Instagram, and that links to like all my other stuff. But uh, we'll be learning a little bit about my character, who is codenamed Equinox tonight. And now I'm going to pass it over to Al. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Alex Thomas. I'm the line developer for Mutants and Masterminds of Green Running Publishing, as well as the author of the Fantasy Noir Titan City Chronicles and the executive producer over at the Untold Stories Project, which is another Twitch channel that does uh, RPG actual plays, shining a spotlight on role-playing games that don't get the love and attention that they deserve. So we do a lot of M&M over there. We do a lot of fun stuff uh, all the time. As for who I'll be playing, I am reprising my role as Beowulf Odinson, who you may remember from the uh, podcast, if you've seen Masks of Mayhem a little over a year ago. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to be returning. Yeah, it was June is the last and time I opened my character. Really? Yeah. Funny. So. And you know, Alex, I forgot to mention this. You know, Alex and I are both um, uh, star players in a, an award-worthy uh, weekly 
uh, yeah. program called uh, Mutants of Masterminds Monday. And so we mm-hmm. get to hang out and have a lot of fun there. And then we also do Thursdays, which is good. And that happens on Thursdays. So, yeah. Yep. And I'll pass it down to Goldie. Gosh, I'm so overwhelmed just because I'm like, I, I'm, I'm with such experienced players here. Like, I, no, I'm Goldie, Queen Goldie slash Goldie on different things. I stream on Twitch, I stream on TikTok, I stream on everything. And yeah, this is my first campaign with the group. Like, I think um, I did a campaign with Quinn and RC back in a couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah, we dressed up like Yeah, so in February, we did a campaign um, with mutants and masterminds, like, in mind. uh, That was called, uh, no, what was it called? Crisis Cadets. It was like a a one-shot that was like not... Ain't it me? You know what I mean? Like so, uh, yeah, it was really fun. But yes, I I do what I can on the in this in these parts of the internet. Try to be funny, and I like making friends. So yeah, please come check me out. Like I'm excited to be here today. I'm going to be playing the Sapphire Shadow, which you will learn more about throughout the night, I'm sure, as well as I will. I want to hear more about this tattoo that I've been seeing all over my screen tonight. (laughs) Hi, everyone. I'm Joe, pronoun she, they. I am an art director by day and ultimate nerd by night. I do lots of crafting and cosplay and panel work always projects always always projects it's endless um and i am here through untold stories project and uh i play in the weekly live play game gym stars i play a very very stabby stabby newly re- newly alive resurrected maybe it was i weird. like to use the term renovated maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe voice. healed maybe resurrected maybe she has this weird pact with death i don't know yet it's scary pastel trauma on that show anyways <laughs> um, so i am here to play tattitude she's gonna be way too much fun <laughs> um she's gonna be a snarky little girl that has been raised on the streets and she is not here to mess around try and keep it kid friendly and with that i'm gonna pass it over to jordan thank you very much my name is jordan this is the first on a live stream in a long time so bear with me i have known pope for quite a long time going back to high school uh we have been collaborating on story stuff on and off for a while. And uh, in particular, I've been contributing some characters to the underground. I think some of you have met the character Mose. That was an idea that we came up with together. And I'm excited to be uh, debuting the slugger who I've been been putting quite a little bit of work into. I'm going to not say too much about him yet, uh, because I want the character to speak for himself. I also uh, working with my husband, Bobby. um, We have a rather large local in Chicago, uh, we run a fifth edition game that we are developing our own homebrew that I would love to one day publish. Uh, so it's very exciting to be part of this. Um, I've been looking forward to Redacted Rangers for a long time. Just to go off of that for a quick minute, I can uh, safely say that 90% of the world building that I have done for the Mayhemverse would not exist were it not for Jordan down there. So I love you, buddy. Just wanted to publicly say because it's awesome. That- because you're the guy that's off screen, like helping with the world building, <laughs> now that you're finally here, I want to give you some damn credit. Thank you very but, much, bud. Of course, my friend. So from there to briefly go into some of the set dressing, I guess would be the appropriate, uh, appropriate <clears throat> thing I'm saying it. 
The Redacted Rangers is a group that is run and operated by the Majestic 12, who has been very briefly alluded to on uh, during the show. They take prisoners, whether they be post-humans or people with extraordinary skills or an alien, and um, force them to do their bidding, whatever it may happen to be. As we go throughout and introduce the characters, I will be um, occasionally breaking it up with a bit more of a deep dive into some of the world-building aspects that we will be really diving into throughout this adventure. But for now, I think that it's time to start getting to know some of the villains, miscreants, and bastard children of gods who we will be following throughout the adventure. Sound good to everyone? Yeah. Bastard children of gods. I'm ready. <laughs> Just what grandma used to call me. <laughs> <laughs> That's my mother you're talking about. You're still down right now. <laughs> This is already getting complex. <laughs> well, then, I do believe that the first person on my list here would be Quinn. Let's uh, go into who is the machinist's daughter. Who the hell are you, Buster? And obviously, uh, actually, that's a weird question because this is like the one character who we... Yeah, I was like, you picked the first one character that we actually know. <laughs> I think that's why we decided to leave with this one because I can kind of... Oh, yeah, true. I'd have been. Yeah, so the Machinist Daughter, as has been mentioned, <clears throat> uh, is a character who has appeared on the show as a uh, villainous entity who locked up and beat the crap out of one Brock Balea. Appreciate that. You had uh, mentioned that you were going to go into it. So what can the machinist daughter do? What's your whole deal? Intrinsically or like just, I don't know where to start here. Well, I suppose can... the obvious place to start would be that you are in fact a machinist. Yeah, I I am. You know, that's my family business. That's what my dad did. And I have daddy issues in a lot of different ways. So I'm just going to keep going with that sort of like line. But as far as like who I am and how I look and what I'm trying to like bring to the table to this. Um, can I say that I'm a villain? Am I, I feel villain? like it's safe to say that you're a villain. You know, am you started off trying to murder my character in specific. I, mean, I feel like I in particular am going to call you well, a villain. But does that make me a villain though? I mean, if you want me to be your villain, I can do that. But <laughs> if we're going to like unpack a moral code I, about I mean, if consequences like and actions... And I mean, hey, if you want this to be a villain, then by God, we can be, <laughs> have this be a villain. Really, I guess all you've done is so far is try to murder Brock. And, you know, I'm a little yeah, biased. I mean, I all I'm going to say is when I was born, I didn't want to be evil. I didn't want to be a villain. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't wake up and say, gonna... I'm going to do the bad thing. No, I was just going to say, I thought you were just going to leave that at when I was born. I didn't want to be. I was just like, I mean, that's your like, like evil, like, like starting point. The, gen the genesis of the all evil. I'm just very passionate. You know what I mean? So there's a lot going on like that I'm wrestling with in my heart and in my chest. And I'm just trying to like make my way through this world but also bring justice for what happened to my father, who I greatly believe in their mission and what they were trying to do. Um, as far as aesthetics, I'm as beautiful. Like, look, I got the red hair. I got robo arms, but y'all can't tell because I got money too. I got the BBL <laughs> robo arms. 
<laughs> BBL verbal arms. <laughs> okay, so that's me. I am happy that you brought up the aesthetic because I did want to dive a little bit deeper into just some of the, like, how you envision the character. For example, you, you mentioned earlier that uh, you, you had brought up uh, Gundam as an example of, like, kind of what your mechanical suit looks like. Is that kind of what you're picturing as far as, like, what your mechanical exoskeleton looks like? Is it more of, like... yeah. Well, I, for one, when I, like, think about me and my character, it's, like, I have, like, these very soft, passive, like, mech things on my arms or, like, you know what I mean? But when I need to, it's, like, it reverses and becomes, like, a full thing that's, like, way bigger than I am because that's what my journey is. You know what I mean? So I'm, like, I'm just suddenly, like, like a Gundam, like, destroying everything. But it's just, like, being fueled by, like, my own hatred and vitriol for everything. <laughs> so, I adore that. So you're picturing that, like, the mech suit is something that sprawls out from, like, your mechanical arms? Yeah, and, uh-huh. That's so damn cool. That's rad. That's very Thank cool. Thank you. I'm I made furious that I'm not the one who thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot of childhood trauma there. I'm just kidding. I mean, maybe... <laughs> I feel like that's a phenomenal way of describing this character. Literally, like, all we've really established about the machinist daughter before this point is that she really didn't take her dad's death well. Mm -hmm. Understatement of the year. The last little question I have here is how the hell did you get locked up? But again, this is one of the instances where we know you got beat up by Yardak and Visual Aid and the Crafter and not Brock because Brock was in a secret room behind a massive computer, bloody and dripping with sweat and sorrow. I don't know. Are there any misdemeanors that you've committed? Are you a fan of jaywalking? Uh, did, did you I stole bread once. This sounds familiar. I know. Shocking. Yeah. I stole bread once. Um, you know what? That's actually. Yeah, it wasn't uh, from Olive Garden. <laughs> Just a basket of breadsticks. Bread yeah, exactly. <laughs> turns out it, it was <laughs> unlimited breadsticks with an entree, but I never ordered the entree. <laughs> right, a little, a little um, hot cup of uh, of um. Oh shoot! What is that white sauce? Alfredo sauce. Alfredo. 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 That's actually a uh, fun question to throw by now that we've thrown it out there. You mentioned uh, stealing bread. So after the death of the machinist, uh, I never really imagined what would have become of the machinist daughter during that 10 years. Do you imagine that it was just like a constant slog of trying to, you know, like orphan poverty in lack of a better term? <laughs> Like, you didn't get adopted by, like, any rich family members or something? So we're just sticking with, like, the lay mez, huh? Like, stealing bread. Yeah, I dream Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> I, it does sound like that, yeah. I was definitely struggling, you know what I mean? And I had a lot of anger in me, and no one wanted to take me home or adopt me or take care of me or see after me oh and my God. <laughs> I'm so sad and then that kind of like added to like all the you know the feelings that i had yeah so <laughs> <laughs> why am i really crying all right <laughs> it's called role playing <clears throat> and my dad loved me and that makes one of us. <laughs> I'm feeling this. I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
on it. Today's My dad episode's loves me. Mutants and Masterminds brought to you by Trauma. <laughs> so that's that's kind of what i went through no but my heart is pure comments. because what is the most purest thing you can do aside from love someone murder <laughs> oh wait no uh, i will just say that the machinist daughter uh to give a little behind the scenes note uh straight up the idea for that came from some like really cool cyberpunk music video that just had like a bunch of like clips from gundam playing and I was just sitting there thinking, what if that but Iron Man? So it's based Iron off of like a 2008 AMV uh, on YouTube? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel way less cool about it, but yes, now shut up. <laughs> I say, don't, don't knock it. I've, uh, I had a character who was inspired exclusively by a, 12, uh, a 12-year-old at this point video of, I think it's uh, the Lord of the Rings footage set to um, Nightwish. Set to so, Nightwish. All right. I love that and like, oh, and like OG Nightwish with the original singer and not uh, Floor Jensen, who admittedly I think is the better singer. But oh, big words coming in with hot. Sorry. I suppose it would help if I asked one very last question about the machinist daughter, and that is, what is your legal name, partner? Like my government name? What? Well, yeah, Gracie Madnug. Yeah, Madnug. It's like Mad-nug. Gundam backwards. It's Gundam backwards. Uh, Nice, nice. Is that the spoiler? Oh, I thought you were just making like, a weed reference. I thought you were too. Are you like mad nugs? But... I thought it was something you get at McDonald's. No, no, it's like crazy. That's the two thirty-five, and McDonald's closes at two forty-five. That's right. That's right. I got mad nugs. Yeah. No, it's Gundam backwards. If I didn't know that, I would have spent the rest of my life thinking that that was just the joke behind it, and I would have never thought of Gundam. I thought you just quickly pulled up, yeah, Mad Nugs, yeah. (laughs) Off-screen, RC had asked also, did they take away her arms in prison? But I have to imagine that the answer is... Actually, no, I feel like the answer to that would be yes, and they gave you different arms that can't turn into a robot. So what the hell kind of prison just but, dismembers you? But did That's I hurt. use... Well, yeah. They're just hollow mannequin arms. Yeah. Did or I like... use my arms when I went to prison? Like, do they know about my arms? I mean, I mean, I imagine that they would have been able to run some diagnostic stuff to figure out, like, oh, hey, there's some dangerous stuff in these arms, and maybe we should do something about that before sticking her in a max prison. Yeah, but as far as, like, accessibility goes, like, I have, a, like, some steel ankles are they gonna take my ankles when i go to prison i'm not gonna bust them out what my an incredible question out of around, like, like no they're not gonna take my ankles so i feel like unless i use my arms to get me locked up i feel like i should be able to keep my arms yeah, that's fair but i don't write the rules with the utopian world that Robert has created in the Mayhem verse, I'm willing to say that in this world they did not take away your arms when you went to jail. That feels cruel okay. and unusual, even in our much less idyllic they universe. They took your arms when you lost that game of poker. To move on, Dan, who the hell are you playing? I am my codename Equinox, actual name Trevor Bennett. I come from a family steeped in the occult. My parents are uh, Lucinda and Theodore Bennett, but uh, Lucy and Teddy. I think it's cute. <laughs> Our sect broke away from the Olivard Society, which has been mentioned here and there. I think on a couple of the intel drops, we've talked about the Olivard Society. My parents uh, died protecting me with a spell 
when someone was trying to kill me on my 21st birthday. And my sole mission in life is to find whoever is responsible for the loss of my parents. And my character's powers from the love and power my parents put into the spell to protect me that ended up killing them, I kind of took some of the aspects of their powers. Thereby, I have some powers from my father that I have uh, power over the shadows. So my character has a bow that I can shoot arrows of condensed shadow, and Ooh. I can kind of meld into the shadows around me for some uh, stealthy stealth situations. Uh, and then conversely, not shadow, my mom, I also have the power of light around me. So uh, I can use basically the power of my mother's love as a like blanket of light that protects me from uh, damage. And if I need to get, you know, up close and personal and stabby stabby, I have blades of condensed light. It's a little uh, cloak and daggery. Um, I have been thinking about this character for quite some time and I love him so much and I have been wanting to play him for quite some time. And um, I got myself into prison because, like, you know, I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. But uh, I'm going to solve the murder of my parents no matter what. So if I have to do some shit, I'm going to do it. And whether that's if it's against the law, you know, sometimes rules are meant to be broken. I have somehow gotten my way into prison. And the, the why has yet to be decided upon. But nonetheless, I am there. And I now here we have decided on the why. No, we've discussed some of the stuff I've done, but I don't, it was like, it I mean, was like I at a party, like... there were some rich people involved, but I don't think we talked about like the I... actual like thing I did. I mean, I was under the impression that you had, uh, you know, as you mentioned, broken into a party and tried to hold down some rich people for information, essentially causing a hostage crisis. Like, I thought that that's... Yeah, it was something like that. I, okay, so it, w it was a hostage situation. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and essentially escalated to that point um, <laughs> until... Uh, did we still want to work it where this happened in the Highwind? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which, is that, so... Would that be saying too much if I, like, talk about... No, uh, no, you can absolutely... Okay, I, for sure, because I, I didn't, because I thought up. it would be too much. No, uh, yeah, no. the way um, I am very uh, intrinsically connected to the mayhem burst is that Brock was actually the cop who arrested me in Highwind City. Because don't forget, Brock Balea is a bastard. First and foremost. I mean, you've covered all three of the major bulletin points that I was going to bring up in order, so phenomenal. Would you like to uh, go a little bit more in detail about your weaponry, Dan? And your uh, uh, whole loadout? <laughs> so it's basically like Dark Pitsbow and like the Shadow Arrows. Are we going to like open up the floor to ask Oh Dan? yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, so how's, so how was prison? Like, what was your favorite? <laughs> you know, it's a five-star spa. Let me tell you, I get my I nails done on the daily. Uh, I love that for you. I, I love the You're seaweed wrap. You're the D-block. Wait. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Toilet wine in your cell. I like it. Oh, you got that crunchy ramen up there. That was the question I had. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Dan, how did Equinox discover that it was his mother's love and not just, like, general good magic vibes? Because storytelling. Oh, did, I mean, did, she, did she tell him? <laughs> because creativity. Yeah, that's pretty much, yeah. I was just, because, like, it was, um, like, the, um, the whole thing is that the person that was wanting to kill me, uh, they knew that my parents were going to be doing the spell to protect me, so they sabotaged it. So, basically, like, it... I mean, technically, it was like my parents' love of trying to protect me that, like, that, which is why they were doing the spell in the first place. And then the how uh, they 
disrupted the spell is yet to be discovered, but which is kind of my entire existence. Yeah, so there was uh, their protection of me is what gave me the powers. Uh, not like they chose to give me the powers, but it happened nonetheless. And then there will be some more general magic-y, witchery type things happening just because like my family is uh, in a, a what's the name of it it was uh the azure coven which was broken off from the all Art society due to their failure to stop mirror the mystics ascent to power damn that's not fancy I know yeah fancy. yeah kind of a larry potter if you will mm. larry potter <laughs> and <laughs> larry potter and the mad nugs all we do is play eagles covers (laughs) i'm thinking about like the prison situation we all kind of come with uh latent or you know mechanical mechanically supported powers and stuff because you know if you still have your arms they have to do some kind of dampening thing right or some kind of technology that keeps us from utilizing yeah i mean how are they yeah but what if i want to be there yeah, I mean, like, that's just interesting. <laughs> it's very Vorschach. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in, You're here, locked with in here with me. Maybe the mechanism is <laughs> yeah. just there for therapy. Like, it's rehab. Yeah. Trying, if I, trying to be if, I just, if I'm all about, about, like, revenge and doing as whatever I can do to, like, avenge my father, why wouldn't I want to be trapped in a space with criminals? That's brilliant. Like a training ground, right? Like, it's sort of, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're mastering the cunning. I'm not like giving that. away my storyline, but I'm just saying, like, that'd be a good place for me. Yeah, yeah. It's like a workplace. Like, <laughs> can someone answer a question for me? Why, how are we together in this scenario? That's, that's kind of the whole that? plot point of Suicide Squad is that is formed in that universe because they are all villains or bad guys that have already right. been caught by the good guys in, like, Superman. So, okay, so basically I've joined this team. Okay, well, no, we're in to prison with us for what? Oh, we're reason. all in prison. Yeah. Not me. Oh, yeah. I'm not in prison. Are you? Are you the uh, Amanda Waller of the group? I'm the Rick Flag I... of the group. I'm not the Amanda. Yeah. Waller. There we go. Perfect analogy Sorry. there. Sorry. Uh, I am kind of curious though about the prison sort of setup. Like, is there a lot of like restraining of powers? And I mean, clearly they're not letting us walk around with you know weaponry and all that kind of stuff. But what a perfect leading question, Troy. Because the next thing I actually have here on the sheet is to talk a little bit about the prison itself. So the prison itself is in. Blackbrush, California, at a place called The Big Iron. It has a real name, but who cares because it's called The Big Iron, which is a... It's the Marty Robinson Correctional Facility. There you go. <laughs> is, is that a real thing, or did you just come up with that? Marty Robbins wrote a song called Big Iron. Oh, okay. You know, I was like, you... Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, I also want to throw out there, I came up with the name for that right after. Uh, that guy over there, Jordan, sent me a really cool synthwave cover of that uh, Big Iron song, which mm-hmm. I just needed to mention because that's a cool cover and everyone should look that up. Yeah, so Big Iron Prison, uh, which is a facility that was... Constructed sometime in, uh, I believe that RC and I decided that the timeline on that was going to be like sometime in the uh, late 80s, I believe it was. Yep, late 80s, it was constructed um, initially uh, under the guise of being like a general population thing. It kind of <laughs> hid the fact that it hosted uh, post humans and things like that up until about 2005 when such things were 
common knowledge within the wider mayhem verse uh one of our people in this cast was actually one of the very first people to be uh incarcerated within the big iron however uh we will be circling back around to that fellow i feel like now is a fantastic time to ask uh, uh troy you did ask if there is any uh power dampening that happens here Definitely. Previously in the Mayhemverse, we had established that um, Union had power dampening cuffs where, you know, you slap those around someone's wrist and it kind of uh, negates the post-human gene within them. I can't imagine that, uh, you know, the Big Iron isn't uh, affiliated with Union at all, but I can't imagine that the people who do run the Big Iron, uh, who we'll be getting more into later, wouldn't have their own equivalent technologies. And, you know, in the case of, like, you know, if the machinist daughter had, like, rockets in her arms, I feel like those would probably be neutralized before being put into the general Just population nuclear missile silos attached to your freaking define elbow. rockets though these things <laughs> that go <laughs> so what if my rockets have blood in them like bottle rockets <laughs> like blood rocket like you know blood what i mean rockets. doctor you don't understand those we are don't... my blood rockets <laughs> you can't take my blood rockets <laughs> i suddenly had a very awful visual about ping pong saying <laughs> about what <laughs> Tampons, ammunition. Sorry, I'm terrible. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so bold of you to think that the American prison system cares about female (laughs) hygiene. That was very bold of me. You are correct. In the words of a wise prophet, oof. I'm sure a wise prophet said that once. (laughs) What if Union's power dampening cups were based on the big iron? I accept that wholeheartedly as canon, and RC's not here to tell me that it's not. So to open it up a bit more, are there any uh, further questions about the Big Iron? What's the, what, what's the, is, um, like is it in the middle like, of the desert? Is it in the... Um, yeah. yeah, so the Big Iron, uh, it'd be like probably 10, 15 miles outside of uh, Blackbrush, which is, you know, a city in the middle of the California desert. Uh, I imagine that it's built into like a mountain range. Part of it for the lower security slash not superpowered people would be like an outside facility. There would be a part of it built into uh, the mountain itself that would host most of its post-human population. And there would be a part of it underground in the mountain for the most dangerous uh, individuals that have to be locked up within the Big Iron. Is there a pool? Like swim? I imagine that the Big Iron would have a pool, but only because it locked up an Atlantean that needs water. How long is everyone else in for? Because I'm innocent. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we all say that, son. You're innocent. You know, the Machinist Daughter in Equinox, I I feel like would be locked up for very similar terms on account of they did similar crimes in about the same place. Which actually I'm just now realizing, and that's kind of funny. I don't know, does someone want to Google how long people go to prison for kidnapping and assault? It's like two minutes to like <laughs> 200 years. Everyone here is uh, incarcerated for two minutes to 200 years, uh, with Pintar being close to that 200 year mark already. I have no idea how the long the slugger would be in for. All I, uh, I know why he's in. Uh, he put cops in the hospital. Um, oh, we were going to circle back to that. That's the Lord's yeah, work. Sorry. 
Oh no, no, that is Yeah, no, they threw the whole ass they threw the whole bookshelf at the slugger. Yeah. I mean A cap, but that's probably life without parole. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> all cops are beaten, like, beaten by the slugger. Yeah. But... All, co- all cops are bleeding. Um, um, but uh, to, to give a more serious answer uh, to your question, Alex, I feel like it would be a more, you know, case by case. Like, you know, it just because you're locked up in the big iron, I feel like that doesn't mean that, like, your sentence is longer because you're there. No, you're there because you're already getting a long sentence and we need to make sure that you're sticking around. You know, like I can't I can't imagine that anyone is spending like eight months in the big iron for not paying their child support. <laughs> Never mind. There's totally one person in the big one iron guy. who is only <laughs> So that sounds like an awfully good story prompt to just say it didn't happen. There's one guy <laughs> no, in there for ripping the tag off of his mattress. Midnight Hydra attacked Riverside City and also has a lot of child support to pay. Good. <laughs> I I love that for you. I hate that for me. So, uh, Alex, who the hell are you playing, buddy? Well, uh, fans of the podcast will remember my character, Beowulf Odinson. Once upon a time, Beowulf was a cowboy whose father created him as a Hail Mary attempt to prevent the apocalypse. And I've been spending the last 150-odd years trying to make that happen to varying degrees of success. Indeed. And uh, has it been explicitly mentioned who your uh, family consists of? My last name is Odinson. Alex is, uh, you know, just to give a little behind the scenes on this one, this is a character who I had come up with, like, I just thought of, like, this spunky young kid who just found out that their parent was a god. And Alex is like, what if he was this old as shit cowboy and that's the coolest idea I've ever heard? Yeah, the look, Norse mythology cowboy. Loki uh, successfully killed Thor and Odin came down here and said, somebody's got to deal with your brother. Man. And now I exist. And you got a really big gun. I do. I have a really big handgun that has a shard of Mjolnir uh, as the hammer, so I shoot lightning bolts. And I ride my nine-legged niece around as a horse. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> As one does. Did you that? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Loki has a daughter who is a nine-legged horse, and she's my horse, so she's my niece and my horse. You call Person. it weird. I call it lore appropriate or lore well, in accurate. The mythology daughter. Odin rides her, and that's that's his granddaughter now. That's even worse. As if he acknowledges <laughs> Loki as his son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We uh we haven't met Odin yet in the Mayhem verse, but uh I feel like it's safe to say that he's a dick because otherwise it wouldn't be Odin. Probably. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. made me and left me here. I've never yeah, been to Asgard. I never knew my Not father. <laughs> um. <laughs> That definitely covers who you are, and I feel like that uh, goes into a big chunk of what you're capable of. Uh, Traditionally, I work for Union, which is mm -hmm. the uh, big organization that sort of governs over superpowered beings. I wouldn't quite say govern. They more so uh, are in charge of like, you know, they're like, think of S.H.I.E.L.D. if S.H.I.E.L.D. were friendlier. I feel like that's the perfect analogy for Union. MJ-12 or more, the uh, trying to govern over you type, on account of literally being a branch of the United States military. Jerks. Right? Apologies, Sleipnir is an eight-legged horse, not a nine-legged horse. I'm sorry, the horses, like, the many-legged horses named Sleipnir? Sleipnir, yep. Mm -hmm. Like, slept or slut? Slep. 
S L E P. Slept there. God, I'd rather just be called a slur. Right. It's pronounced like the Yiddish schlep. You know, it's a it's a little strange that we have all these criminals and this one union agent here. So, how did you come to get roped into this? Well, Majestic 12 says they have information about where my brother Loki is, and they won't give it to me unless I do what they say. No matter how much I say, you have to tell me where he is or there's going to be an apocalypse. I do like that. I did wanted to uh, pitch one additional thing in regards to that, um, mm-hmm. because the last time that we had seen Beowulf, uh, he was actually in a bit of hot water with Union in regards to a uh, operation that had gone wrong. I thought that it might be fun if, uh, you know, they kind of dangled this t- carrot of Loki over your head, but also thought it might be fun if there was also a little bit of blackmail that went into that in regards to this mission gone wrong mm. with Union. You know, perhaps that uh, it caused a significant amount of property damage and, you know, you are legally liable for this, but we can make it all go away if you do this. Um, the annoying thing about a license to kill is the insurance assessor doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best line I've heard all day. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> is it safe to say that you'd be okay with running with that? Yeah, definitely. Cool. I feel like I have everything that I uh, need from Beowulf here. It definitely helps that you are someone who's been on the show and uh, ran an adventure with us. Uh, but to open it up to everyone else, does anyone have any questions for the Son of Odin? I got the vibe, for sure. So what's your favorite kind of, like, fish stick? <laughs> Yardak. <laughs> yeah. He would have hooked up with Yardak. He'd be down for that. What's <laughs> your favorite kind of fish stick? Gets under your gills. I just uh, Moby Dick's fish sticks. Actually, they're homemade. Oh, I love that. <laughs> cool. right. Oh, nice synergy there. No Moby further Dick's questions. Perfect answer. Nice. I don't think I could give hero points in the session zero, but if I could, he just earned one. Wait, master. you make the rules. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It does make the rules. You know, yeah. I don't know what you can exchange it for. F it. Take a hero point. Yay! I almost said the big swing. Where are my points? Can I, like, get them in prison? You won't be getting those in person. Uh, I tried to send a cashier's check, but unfortunately that got mailed back. So uh, hopefully I'll be able to get those to you in three to five business weeks. To uh, dive into another quick sidebar before we go into our uh, final few characters here. Final few. I say with half of the people left to talk. Over half. I'm good at percentages. To quickly touch on the Majestic 12, because this has been brought up several times, uh, as I've mentioned before, this is a branch of the United States military, which would have came about roughly after the Roswell incident or the Mayhem versus version of it, which I'm sure we'll dive into one day, but today is not that day. We'll just say it's um, Reagan's fault. Everything's Reagan's fault if you boil it down uh, for, uh, far enough. Um, Ronald? Yeah, yes, unfortunately, that one. The very that same. The Majestic 12. Essentially, if you imagine any form of like a men in black style conspiracy theory that has popped up in any show that you've ever seen, there's probably a little bit of uh, that in the majestic 12 it is a large amalgamation of individuals with the sole 
task of trying to prepare the United States to defend themselves against aliens and post-humans and these massive uh, arm robot folks and an angry guy with a baseball bat, too. Don't forget about that one. That kind of got away from me toward the end there. But <laughs> I'm good, I'm yeah. I was in it. <laughs> Majestic 12, real pricks moral of the story. The kind of people to take a bunch of prisoners against their will and force them to go on missions. Real bastards. Any questions about them? Have any of us been caught by them before now? I feel like it is very possible that a number of you were captured uh, by Majestic 12s. I feel like that would... Uh, Kind of depends more on like an individual basis. Like we know that uh, Quinn, for example, was not uh, the machinist daughter was captured by folks on the show. Dan is another character where it's been established that that's not the case. But uh, if unless wanna... Brock is a part of the Majestic Twelve, okay, not in like two decades. But I digress. We can't get into Brock's tragic backstory. Otherwise, he's not going to have anything to do in season three. But yeah, I would say that at the very least, uh, you are all quite familiar with the Majestic Twelve at this point because they are the ones. Uh, who operate the Big Iron. Uh, They're like your security guards, the cafeteria, the warden, all Majestic 12 employees. Where'd they take my stuff? (laughs) Stuff room. You'll get it back later. Stuff room. I can imagine that there is just like a massive warehouse-sized storage area where somewhere in there, there is just like a black trash bag with your stuff in it, and they're not the ones who threw it in the trash bag. That was I have you. a question. Shoot. How long have I been in jail? RC, thankfully, literally just posted here what everyone's uh, year of arrest would be. So in your case, uh, we even have a month for you. July of 2021 is when uh, you would have been locked up, Machinist's daughter. Oh. Um, Am I still then- cute? Well, I know I'm cute. Oh, Never mind. So cute. Sorry. You've only been in there for no like further eight, questions. Oh, you've no been in there for like 18 months tops. You are cute as a button. Prison hey. hasn't been able to wear you out. And then just to uh, also touch on uh, Dan, the Equinox mm-hmm. would have been locked up since uh, mid 2018. Seven years, right? No, six years. Yeah, six years because you yeah. would have been uh, you would have been one of the final people who Brock would have arrested before his fiance was murdered and he went on a murder hobo tour. And then you know Alex uh, not been arrested actually under five years okay thank you rc this is why we keep him uh even if he's not physically here we still force him to show up to do math for us yeah now i guess real quickly we can just go ahead uh go over when everyone else has been arrested just because i know for a fact i'm gonna forget to touch on that later because i know who i am as a person we've also got uh the slugger here who has been locked up since uh about december 2020 does that sound about right bud uh yeah is a um is the current date in game congruent with current date now a little earlier than like Episode one. Oh my goodness, I didn't even talk about how we were splitting that up. We'll cover that at the very end. Uh, but uh, you being part of group two, uh, I believe that the date for you would be roughly Mardi Gras when things start taking place. May 2023, yeah. Okay, so, uh, the, slu- so the slugger's been in Big Iron for a few years then. Yeah, you've been there for a hot minute. Hey, Damn, you really did a crime. Yeah, well... Beat the crap on the entire police station with a baseball bat. Mm. I think you might get locked up for a little bit. What's this, Mitch? 
both Tattitude and Star Sapphire, who we have listed as uh, late 2022. We can figure out exactly when in just a moment. Uh, and then Pintar, who's been around since 1987, which I am excited. Not Star Sapphire. Sapphire Shadow. I speak the good words. Let's go into Sapphire Shadow for that matter before I am given any more time to trip over my words. So, who is Sapphire Shadow, Goldie? So, I have imagined... I wrote down keywords, okay? Okay. Sassy, self-important, good-hearted, but self-serving, and wildly independent. She doesn't care about anybody else. She just cares about getting out. She's not looking to make bonds. She's looking to make bond, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Um... I am a widower. A that is not over. the reason why I'm in prison. <laughs> um, the, the the circumstances are very mysterious, and I'd just rather not talk about it at this time. But I Tragically managed to-, to fall down the stairs that many times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we watched this documentary called The Staircase. And, I was just about to reference the staircase. And afterward, he just he mysteriously just fell down the stairs. Sapphire Shadow was the owl. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, it was, it was a. Um, God, I, oh, poor John. <laughs> but either way, um, I fled to New York. I am a thief. I'm a world-class thief. I'm able to convince a crew of men to do all of my bidding for free with my, because of my very good personality. But, you know, I've been here since late 2022. As you can see, obviously the men that work for me are imbeciles. <laughs> they can't find their foot. So, um, so I'm just here waiting, t- biding my time, getting up? my scarves from the commissary. Okay. Because they have those like, at commissary. Yes, Making a few I, out of toilet paper and whatever I can get for that. Right, right. The <laughs> finest materials. This is my Charmin scarf. Speak to me with respect. Correct. So, uh, <laughs> this is third ply. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I actually want to go back just a uh, quick moment to, um, y- you are one of the people who I am most excited to ask this question. So what was it exactly that got you locked up? I mean, presumably uh, you were going to a steal something and it didn't quite go your way, but tell tell us a bit more about that day. Honey, I wouldn't get put in here with my thieving skills. My skills were for thievery are unmatched. I'm in here because I make a lot of enemies, and that's all you need to know. Oh, nice! That's some snacks. Get them snacks. Yeah, snacks. Yeah. Caliente, as they say. <laughs> I I do like that. That gives us a bit more to um gnaw on. But I suppose a better uh better question would be uh what crime did they charge you with specifically? Like, was it stealing the Declaration of Independence? Uh, was it, I, I don't know, shoplifting? Being a boss-ass bitch. <laughs> that is, that, that, uh, on, speaking on the real is something that I'll, I'll figure out. I, I haven't really dove into that yet. Okay, because something I thought would be really fun is if uh, you were, uh, if nothing else, accused of stealing something, like, right. valuable. The like, like the Eiffel Tower. The whole ass Eiffel Tower. <laughs> the whole ass statue. I mean, I did I was, that once, you know. I just stuck it in my bag. Just walked away. 
I was they, thinking, they they credited it to that that some some woman named Carmen San Diego. No, that was me. Some woman you named Carmen San Diego. The Cayman Islands, just like yeah. steal the Cayman Islands. Will you visit I, the Caymans with me, Machina's daughter? Absolutely. I was, uh, I was going to pitch the idea of like art thievery or maybe stealing yeah. the Mona Lisa, but I love the idea that you got sent to prison for trying to steal the Eiffel Tower. It's giving yeah. Phineas and Ferb. Okay. Like that is that is my <laughs> favorite crime I have ever heard of, and I'm so yeah. happy RC's not here to tell me that I'm not allowed <laughs> to do it. All right, well, like, it's a set in stone. Giving That's why I'm Phineas here. and Ferb. Yeah. Phineas and Ferb. What is that? Yeah, the Carmen San Diego thing makes me think of like, I just wanted to say, hit it, Rockapella. So you just have like this bunch of minions like doo wopping around you all at all times. So aesthetically, because I think this is important right. to my character, I, I'm, first of all, I want to be known, I am snatched. Okay, I'm talking Miss Incredible. All right. Yes, ma'am. Uh, you are. Uh, okay. Got uh, that Pixar mm. mom ass. Yeah, I got that Pixar <laughs> mom no, 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 Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's brave that someone finally came onto our show and made their character canonically thick. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my jumpsuit. Look, I was able to bribe somebody for some red dye, so I dyed my prison jumpsuit like sapphire blue. I'm stunning. I mean, I definitely imagine that, like, once you're uh, actually on the job, that you've got like an old school like cat suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tactical, it, tactical suit. Like, I just need to look, you know, good at all times. Probably still, like, even when you're in your full tactical gear, probably still, like, a couple big gaudy rings or, like, some Ooh, yeah, yeah. over-the-top earrings or something like that. Like, big Chanel pearls or something. Yes. Like, nice, I, assen- I see it. Like, I essentially imagine, like, Catwoman at the Met Gala. Yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Okay. Think like Anna Wintour meets Selena Kyle. And if you merge them together as a person, that's who I am. Yes. Anika Pedroff Dupree. You merge them, put them in jail where they probably should be anyways. Right. I feel like Anna Wintour has killed more people than Catwoman. And uh, I just try to remain shrouded at all times in prison because I don't want the paparazzi to come take pictures of me. um, They say that they're not out there, but I know they are. And they're just looking for any moment. So, I mean, I think it's very safe to assume that, like, outside of the criminal life of this character is very much a socialite, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I could say that. So yeah. You had mentioned that uh you uh were a widow. Are you someone who married into money or is this like did you come from a rich family? Yes. Yes. Uh, I married like <laughs> this he met me. We were trying to get on 90 Day Fiance. And <laughs> I met him, John Dupree, um, but we didn't get cast on the show because of things in his past. And so I had to kill him. Yes. <laughs> so we got to, we got over here, you know, things went sour and yeah, he watched the staircase and fell down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> the owl just swooped on it. I just like, yeah. I wish I would have never watched that documentary with Don't him. Don't watch that show, anybody. 
No, it's crazy who scares at him 25 times. Right? I know. (laughs) So to play with the idea a little bit further, uh, because the answer to that was a yes, would it be uh, fair to say that you were uh, born rich but married richer? Yes. I I didn't grow up poor. Okay. I wasn't a poor. Well, I believe that that is um, most of what I would need. Is there uh, to open up to everyone else? Any questions for Sapphire Shadow, not Star Sapphire? Are we roomies? Oh my god, can we be? Can we be? (laughs) You know what? I I don't (laughs) know if they're putting two people to a cell in the big iron, but you could definitely be like next to would. I would definitely prefer a room to myself over anything else. Wow. I could definitely be a cellmate with the machinist's daughter if I had to pick. Are we next door to each other? Absolutely. Yes, let's talk to each other. Okay, I like that. I messages. How old do you imagine uh, Sapphire mm-hmm. Shadow to be? Like, is this like, is this a friendship between like two women of the same age? Is one of you mm-hmm. like a like the older mentor? That's or, not a like, question you ask a woman like her. Did you're you right, and that's how you're going to extend her age in twenty twenty three, sir. I am only asking that because for today I'm gone. Okay, don't um, ask me my say, age unless you show a bank account. Let's say mid thirties, early forties. Not okay. because that's my actual age or anything. <laughs> Just because it's for the show. Follow-up question. Has she ever had children? Absolutely not. So is that also her opinion about children? Absolutely yeah, you not. Know, I've yeah. <laughs> Do you like having children as friends? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but not like those kind of friends. If they can hold like, their liquor, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Are y'all trying to set me up for more reasons that I'm in prison? Let me tell you, that is not the reason. I just want her to like only call children canaries because she sends them into the mines first. <laughs> right. You know, I am Warm. very self-serving. So. Children are great behind myself. glass. I don't know. <laughs> behind glass. Tell you neither, you know. Beautiful. <laughs> Moving things right along then. We are going into what has to be my favorite name on the team. So, Joe, who the hell are you playing? Yo, I'm Tatatoon. What's up? <laughs> there we go. I don't got time for this. Like, I'm sitting here in this damn prison again. Sorry, my bad. I know some people don't like the cussing, but whatever. I'm in here again. And I'm just done with this situation. Tatitude, um, I will try to take up as little of your time as humanly possible. Uh, can you tell us a bit about your abilities? Yo, I don't know why people are so fascinated by it, but, you know, I got I got cats all over me, and, you know, they do things, and stuff comes out, and I get a little tricksy with them, and, you know, people like me on their cruise, because I can do things that others can't quite do. <laughs> She's always down for tussling. Oh yeah, <laughs> I got I got things. I got so, stuff. I might not be the hardest hitter, but I got stuff. So the idea being that you have uh, tattoos, which you know, each tattoo gives you a different power. Now I would love to ask, cool. how did that one come about? How did you? Yo, did so the first time I was put in juvie, I was like thirteen, and I just let my roommate bunkmate whatever this chick she put something on me and then later on some other stuff happened and it like came off of me and it was a fireball and it was the best thing ever and i've just added to them 
and each one is its own thing. It's pretty bad, uh, pretty cool. Oh, we can say ass. (laughs) If we can't say ass, then I need to be fired now. I absolutely referenced Pixar mom ass like five minutes ago. You're fine. No, you're absolutely right. (laughs) If we fire the DM, this is off to a poor start. So magical juvie tattoos. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) eh, you know, it's things that happen. Whatever. Do they go away when you, when they, or they... Do they stay on you and you have that power forever, or do you shoot it off? Like, no, imagine if they're one and done, and you just have like stick-on tattoos and like smack them on your. I heart. mean, they don't quite work right when they're fresh and new and still healing, but man, once it heals up, nah, it's my power. Nice, cool. So, is it that the person who gave you these magical uh, tattoos was it like? The person itself, they magicked it up? Was it some kind of like a magical ink? Was the power within you the whole time? <laughs> Look, yo, I'm not I'm not up on all that stuff and people guess and whatnot, but it's never the same person that tats me. Like maybe someone's done three of them, maybe four. Now nah, this one chick, this one chick in that back alley. I think she's done five of them. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, no, it's my power. It's my stuff. And no one can take it from me. It's mine. You letting somebody stick you with a needle in a back alley? Hey, yo, you gotta do what you gotta do when you're living on the streets. I'm from before germ theory, and I know that's a bad idea. It's the best place to go. You're like all about that ink. You're like all about that ink. Bang out that tattoo real fast, and I'm good to go. Do it. But you do get the best uh, lower back tattoos. um, Tramp stamps in dark alleys. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Nah, I mean, that area doesn't have one just yet, but there is this one going down my thigh. That's is banging. You had mentioned that uh, you had a tattoo that can shoot fireballs. Uh, what are some of the other tattoos in your arsenal? Like just to get, just to maybe like a couple. Yo, you're asking for secrets, man, and I don't think I know you like that yet. When I read your uh, case file here, you know, I had this uh, idea of like, you know, is it like a tattoo of a rabbit, and something like that makes you fast, or? Oh, interesting. Like, is that how that works, or? This ain't my first time in this gig. This ain't my first time in these stupid concrete walls. Nah, like, see see this one right here? That's that's my little key. And I can unlock the door. So let's go. Oh, I love that. Cool. I am positive this is all it says in the dossier that Beowulf is reading about this character. <laughs> word for word, yes. <laughs> word for word. frantically transcribing her. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. Um, well, I uh, there's only really one more major note that we have to touch on, and then we should be able to have you on your way very soon. Um, what was it exactly that you had done to have you end up in here? Now, obviously, it says in my file what it was, but I want to hear it uh, from you. Yo, uh, Eleanor! Was it Eleanor? Was it the explosion or was it me beating the brains out of that one dude? Yeah, it was all three. It was, it was, <laughs> it was all three. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do believe that that uh, covers everything in our sheet here. If I could just, uh, if we, uh, if our other doctors here have any further questions, now is the time to ask them. Does your tattoo have to come from a tattoo gun or can you draw something on you in Sharpie and it works? A needle must be involved. I mean, I've done some myself. It's just I'm not the most artistic person out there. It's kind of whatever. I never got a chance to draw, so I go to people that can draw well. And they look better, and they work better. 
Wild. So do you have, are your tattoos just of sort of environmental sort of things or you said you had a key, right? (laughs) So they're like functional and also. Yeah. But like I got these, I got these clouds going up like here and they come up here. And I mean, clouds, I believe. I thought you said clowns. I was like, this is going to suck. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Do you have any face tattoos? Yes. And I have some on my lips. Ah, And like, (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah so uh every time you get a uh, new tattoo you get a new power then right yeah it's just hard to come up with the funds man do you it's do any cover-ups and does that change the power mm. i haven't really done that yet i made sure it all blends together because it's always just one little thing at a time i don't have sleeves or anything i haven't done i am not gonna be sitting in one place long enough for some mo- yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> for some food to roll up and cause some drama. Nah, I'm all beat in and out. She is going to be so aggressive. Well then, uh, thank you for your time, Tattitude. Um, feel free to go back to your 8x8 cell. Well then, moving right along, we are on to Jordan. So Jordan, who the hell are you? Well, I don't want to give away too much about the character because like I said, I want uh, I want the way he is played to speak for himself. But uh, the slugger has been in Big Iron for a few years, and as has been mentioned before, he had a run-in with the cops. Uh, more specifically, he had a run-over with the cops uh, because <laughs> rather single-handedly, in fact, completely single-handedly, I should say, uh, he took out an entire precinct uh, that is notorious. Uh, it is known as the 4-7, and the 4-7 is the deepest underground. It is not officially in the underground proper, but it's down in the subway system. When mutants get taken to the 4-7, they tend not to come back. And the cops did the one thing nobody in the underground has ever been dumb enough to do, including ambushing the slugger, which is they took his little brother, Moe's. And while uh, he has ended up going away for several years and uh, may never see the light of day again, it is for sure going to be a very long time before anybody goes after Moe's. The saying goes that there are some people it is very hard to imprison. And in the case of the slugger, you could take away all of his stuff, but he is still somebody who is very much um, empowered by his skill. There's also the fact that he's got an implant that uh, is forming part of his skull and holding his brains in, uh, which has a uh, about 10,000 songs saved in it. So he can press a little button at any time if he likes, and uh, other folks will be able to hear the music that's constantly going in his skull. Um, there's no pause button, it just goes. And uh, and currently, uh, drifting out from his cell, uh, you would hear Roy Orbison's House Without Windows. I love oh. that. Like I said, I don't want to give away too much about him, but uh, you can expect a character who's very much influenced by both uh, Casey Jones and Daredevil, um, as well as films like The Warriors and Fist of Fury. Nice. I do, in fact, like that. And um, just because... Um... You know, the slugger is such an intrinsic part to a lot of the world building that I have done to kind of expound a little bit on the slugger's role outside of that. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what the slugger was up to before getting locked up? It wouldn't be accurate, really, to call him the town sheriff, but everybody in the in the underground knows him. Um, It's more that he bullies the bullies, mugs the muggers and breaks the leg breakers. He would be defined as a mutant, but it's not necessarily something given him spider powers or anything like that. Rather, he is a mutant because he is mutated, um, at least as far as he is where two generations of his family have uh, been born and died in the underground. And he's just the latest product of that. 
Um, he is someone who uh, his family slipped through the cracks generations ago, and he is the very angry result. And he is absolutely not standing for the environment that he was born into. And so he goes. So he goes around, not necessarily making the the world around him a better place, but probably a safer one. To slightly modify a quote that uh, you had used previously, you had said mm-hmm. something along the lines <laughs> of like, "Some post humans get to fly; the rest of us are just ugly as shit." Yeah. Some um, the the deal with mutants in the underground is it's not necessarily that you're going to become Nightcrawler and your sister's Jean Grey. It is more along the lines of. Uh, for instance, the slugger's mother had uh, regenerative abilities, but nothing ever grew back right, and it eventually gave her cancer. Um, huh. And so it's it's not exactly a um, it's not exactly a winning deal. Touch on it because I shouldn't just assume that everyone knows what we're talking about in the uh, when we say the underground. Uh, within uh, the Mayhemverse, there is a city on the west coast of Michigan called Highwind City. Underneath Highwind City, there is an entire um, other city, uh, a mix between the Detroit salt mines and every cyberpunk setting you've ever seen, which I called the underground because I'm fantastic at naming things. Is the underground literally yes. underground? Um, the way I pictured it is that the construction of the underground was, um, you know, masked as like a series of subway tunnels. That was kind of the cover story for mm-hmm. it at least until it got big enough to the point where it could continue to be built without really being noticed, um, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I kind of want Beowulf to be friends with the sluggers like great-grandpa. Oh, that's a good, yeah, yeah. I love that. I mean, honestly, I uh, to kind of talk a little bit about like how I pictured certain things could potentially go, but like I imagine that like if Beowulf and the slugger were to interact, it would start off with these two hating each other because on one hand you've got a goody two-shoes agent on the other hand you have a low-down vigilante scumbag but as you guys go on your adventure you'd start to realize that you're wrong about each other and you're kind of on the same page such a good buddy cop story yeah yeah that's kind of what i imagine like the cowboy cyberpunk buddy cop story our bromance will be two ships passing in the night. So it truly be beautiful. It truly will be, but now that I'm saying all of this out loud, I have a simple goal, and that's to get Beowulf and the Slugger together in the same adventure that needs to happen. I'd very much like to see him go beyond uh, um, Redacted Rangers Adventures and uh, and turn up in the underground back on his old beat. See what uh, see how people react after he's been away for a few years. I'd like to see you two get married. So <laughs> <laughs> we were roommates. We were roommates underground. <laughs> I'd like to and see them roommates. get tattooed. <sighs> yes, by by tattooed. Well, then I do believe that we are on our final character. But before we dive into Pintar, I guess I should talk a little bit about how the party is being split. You guys might notice that there is. A lot of people around me right now. And if you think that I'm going to be DMing for all of these people at the same time, you must be high because I don't work for Green Ronin. I'm not used to dealing with this many people at once. It's only so eight. You can do it. Do it. Essentially, what we are doing is we are going to be splitting 
this into uh, two groups of people. So we have Team 1, which is going to be its own standalone adventure to kind of introduce everything. I'm trying to be really vague here because I don't want to accidentally give something away, but that team will <clears throat> consist of Beowulf, Tatitude, Sapphire Shadow, and Equinox. The second team, which will be a two-part adventure to kind of wrap up everything that I introduce and do some other silly little things, will also include Equinox. The uh, we thought, you know, it might I be. Think, a good I think idea. I'm the only one that's doing both, right? You are. I thought it might be a good idea if we had one person actually from the podcast to stay consistent. Good job. I mean, I've consistently been on the podcast for like five years now, so I mean, like, I feel like you yeah, got me. Yeah. But the other members of the second team are going to be Slugger, the Machinist Daughter, and our final character, who I will ask Troy to introduce now. Let's go B-Team. All right. So um, I am <laughs> I'm a Pintar of Celtron 3, a classic gray alien. Um, my backstory, uh, having I was leading a invasion force, um, the the sort of vanguard, the, the sampling of the flora and fauna, checking out the earth for what kind of trouble is it um, basically here to sort of identify ways to um, exploit earth and to uh, uh, prevent humans from, you know, inadvertently evolving to a point where they can survive in longer periods of time and space and then pollute the whole universe. That's um, really Republican. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. But my plans were thwarted, or were they? When I so back in 1987, I was captured doing my survey of Earth and was the first prisoner in um, what was it again? The Iron Lady? What is it? The Big uh, Iron. The Big Iron. The big uh, iron. Uh, to actually pitch something uh, by you, Troy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I thought it might be fun if perhaps you were captured a little earlier than that and okay. transferred into the Big Iron as one of the first. Uh, inmates of the big iron like why that. do i want you captured earlier because damn it it's about time we work area 51 into this now, i was gonna say, say yes absolutely absolutely and i think that that yeah that, that i was because i was captured they utilized sort of what little technology they had to sort of figure out ways to keep me in and then also you know it worked well on um what is it would we say post-human Yep, yeah, post human. So, so that that works out perfectly with my story. As a being, I have uh, light telepathy, which lets me communicate and connect to a limited extent. Um, but um, I also have weapon weaponry that they, of course, took, and the wow. weaponry is like stealth. And um, imagine like rending and tearing implements. Uh, you know, nothing sort of big and clanky, but um, these are sort of uh, needles and things that are um, so that I can survey and kind of get a sense of what these things are made of and what sort of elements they can be sort of um, boiled down to um, ultimately. But um, so as scientific instruments, they're also really good for weaponry. I'm a sly, kind of cunning, stealthy kind of character. Um, I've developed even more of that persona uh, being in prison. Um, I'm imagining that our, we didn't like go all hang out in the, you know, out in the yard, right? I mean, are we, are we like in solitary confinement? Are we, I would imagine I would be probably. Yeah, you'd probably be um, a fair bit more isolated than everyone else on yeah. account of, um, you know, we, uh, yeah, we've established uh, 
post-humans are a thing. We yeah. haven't quite gotten there with aliens yet. Well, that leads me to a question. So is this is it rumored? Do they hear that there's something weird in this area of the prison um, or just straight up know that I'm there? And they so, know. so there is a part of the prison, um, you know, you've got the outer area you've got the part built into the mountain and there's the part underneath in the mountain. Uh, I feel like there is all sorts of crazy rumors of what happens to be in that super secret area. Yeah. So um, there being rumors of a little gray alien, that I could definitely see. There being like confirmed, like how many people actually know for sure there's an alien. It's hard to say how many inmates would know, but I think it's safe to say that none of them are among us. Gotcha. Maybe, yeah, okay. okay maybe yeah. maybe Beowulf would have gotten like some kind of. Like, I was gonna no, say, given no, because the, the, he's not even in the same mission. Never mind. It, what that moment of reveal when you know maybe there are moments or they've heard rumors about sort of shrieking or torture or whatever as they were doing tests, and then they meet me and I'm a little gray alien. That's kind of funny. Um, you know, like <laughs> not super scary, but also kind of scary. Um, that, that works for me. Has he even um, seen anybody since 1987? Is there, Has he is seen there another torture human in prison? Uh, well, I think that they're wanting to know who I am and what I'm made of. Just like, you know. Torture in a normal prison? No. Torture yes, in a prison is. run by the United States mi- uh, military? Historically, there, there yes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you're definitely in the uh, torturier wing of the uh, Big tortury. Iron. The torturier, yeah. You know, you're in the iron part of the Big Iron. Everyone else is just <laughs> in the Big. Yeah, mm-hmm. gotcha. Okay. I, I'm going to share just a little bit of what I think some of the backstory might be, and I'll just, you know, uh, depend oh, yeah, on, yeah. on my B team to uh, – our B team to, um, you know, use this information with discretion. But um, so I, I, I think that I see humans as a kind of a means to an end. Like they're kind of, I see them as kind of dumb, vulnerable primates who managed to survive and evolve to be the dominant species, despite the fact that they spend a lot of time trying to blow themselves up and uh, poison themselves or, you know, make themselves sick or, or what have you. And they just keep bumping up against space. And we're just like, we're just, we're going to sample them and then, you know, uh, reduce them to their components um, for food (laughs) and other things. Um, I mean, everything you set up until say uh, space, I was with you. (laughs) <laughs> so my feeling like um, my relationships, given that they wouldn't necessarily have met me, I, I think that I'm um, I think I'm manipulative and deceptive and will sort of play along. I'm pragmatic as well because I'm kind of on a mission. And I, I think what I would do is sort of um, utilize the no information as part of my, you know, as, as a weapon kind of and uh, mm-hmm. and play into whatever the, the vibe is. But I, I don't think – I think I'm pretty dry. I, I don't think I'm uh, uh, bombastic. I don't think I'm like, you humans must die, um, at least not yet. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I do think that I would cooperate if I feel the benefit is there. And and maybe that's a vibe people pick up on. And maybe it's a vibe that I pick up <laughs> – that they pick up on because of telepathy. But uh, mm-hmm. that's some fun stuff. And so I think I'm like a, a mix of cunning and resentment. Basically, it's all calculated based on, you know, how folks align with my goals. At this point, you've discovered that you certainly don't enjoy humanity, isn't safe to say, but you've also learned that uh, much easier attract a human with honey than you can with vinegar. 
That's right. And I'm, I am made of entirely of honey. I wish I'd have known that before becoming character art then. <laughs> I do want to say this, that um, I, I there's a sister planet, uh, the um, Celtron 4 uh, aliens. They're the ones that do like the crop circles and abductions and uh, anal probes and all that stuff. And we have a rivalry. We're not, a, we're not civilizations at war. But I think that they are, um, I detest their methods. I think that they're, I'm kind of ashamed of what they do because they're just sort of, they're just playing with their food, kind of. I'm clearly bothered that they're just kind of dicking around on Earth, you know, uh, dismembering cows and sticking things up people's butts. You know what? I When you wear it like that, I can understand why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I that covered a lot of what I needed. Uh, does anyone else have any further questions for Pintar from Celtron 3? Very, very concerned about the, the nutrients that is the human bodies. Like, is he gonna, are you gonna randomly like try to lick or chew on us? Like, do I need to like do a stiff arm to the little gray man? You know, I, I mean, I, I'm I, game for that. <laughs> well, I'm also thinking, like, I mean, Something if there's some kind of weird technology about your skin that was intriguing and odd, I might be, con- you know, interested at the very least. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably a good thing to be like creepy about. I use technology. I'm not licking anybody. I mean, I, I, I haven't seen the character sheet yet, so who knows? And there's a lot to play around with. Oh, definitely. I'm very excited for not just Pintar, but all of our characters for this stream. I figure now is a fantastic time to see if there are uh, any character relations at play here. Earlier, uh, Quinn and Goldie had mentioned that their characters are next-door neighbors, cellmate-type situations. I figure now is the time to open it up to see we if there are any on that level i do want to say yeah. that the only like two low... people next with cells next to each other could yeah. ever comprehend so. yeah mm-hmm. for, like in my brain it's just like you know i have very fancy high class equipment in within my body diamonds no and i'm i'm so attracted to that. are a day's best friend yeah so of course me and uh sapphire here connect Oh, of course. Accidentally. I love, like, a, I love nice now. technology. <laughs> I mean, you I'm like wondering. fancy, expensive things, don't yes, you? Yes, I do. <laughs> well, I'm one of them. I hope the lady in the other cell, like the third <laughs> cell in that group, is like, I hate me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's canon now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I was thinking about <laughs> I was thinking about my character and how I'm sort of you know trapped in the space and and how would they the, either they would go through by curiosity like what is in this area or compelled to in some way by my telepathy and maybe there's somebody in our crew that is like I'm hearing something like I I'm you know and that there is this kind of depth maybe um a connection as i'm trying to find a way to get the hell out of here with all my gear you know if i could go ahead and volunteer a character i feel like that might be really fun with tattitude how does that sound i feel like the weirdness of happening with like the the science magic whatever juju is her tattoos is totally going to attract like the sniffer of the gray guy and he has needles he he already said he worked with needles i'm suddenly gonna be like go ahead poke me 
Yeah, like it's gonna be. Yeah, get in I think that each of our characters have a, have a pragmatism as well. Right. Just like, don't waste my time with this other stuff. I got, you know, like I, these. This question doesn't apply. Or I'm not interested in 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 walking down that. I mean, I think that that might be. Maybe you're hearing me. I'm I'm reaching out, and you're uh, you got a tattoo of a I don't know what. Because we were both locked up in late 22. I feel mm-hmm. like we probably met in like the gel holding cell and were transported together. She went Attitude's the probably the cellmate that keeps screaming at me and Machine's I was daughter. About no. like, she, she has her normal cell that she gets thrown into. And she's just there like in her normal funk of stuff that like they didn't even clean out the cell. They knew she was going to be back. And so she's just like, whatever. All right. Such and such. She's on a lower level, like at the corner. And so she can still yeah. like look through her bars and just like, yo, you two are noisy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. I only get a This few is my cell, okay? <laughs> I live here. I live here. I've lived here for years. I have blood rockets in my arms. <laughs> the blood rockets. Fantastic. Antagonistic, but at a distance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't be bothered, but yeah, but bothered. Yeah. I do believe that that covers everything on my little itinerary. Phenomenal group. This is just Good incredible. Night. Yes. Well, I did I did want to just go around real quickly and give everyone a chance to do any last minute plugs or promos. Uh we'll go ahead and start on the bottom left because I genuinely don't know the answer to this one. Demos, do you have anything to promote? I run a I run a little program called Pride Self Defense. Um, nice. beyond that, I, I work on a lot of writing projects. I've Got a new day job as of Monday, so... Congratulations, by the way, if I haven't said that already. You know what? We've been going clockwise this whole time. Let's switch it up for the very end here. Let's go counterclockwise. So next up, Joe. Yay! Uh, That's me, again. again. Um, Yeah, so I'm from the Untold Stories Project with Alex up there playing Odin's son, Beowulf. Let's mix up mythology. Tuesday nights over on the USP channel playing Sodalite of the Gemstars. Come gain some pastel trauma with the magical girls trying to save a crystalline world. Uh, Goldie, save me. <laughs> you tapped in, let's go. I, like I mentioned earlier, I stream on Twitch and TikTok and all the things. I do a mix. I do a little gaming, but mostly the games I play are like weird games. Like weird free games from itch.io. Like yes, free. Nice. Sorry. Love it. Love it. Yes, they're the best. I love But that. I also do a lot of commentary stuff. If there is an award show or a live event, you better believe I'm live and I'm commenting on it. Yeah, join the fam. Come tell me I'm beautiful. <laughs> I guess I'll give it to Alex now. Well, hi, everyone. I'm Alex. Um, like Joe said, you can find me over at the Untold Stories Project, where I am the GM for our Freedom Week Dark in the Multiverse of the Master Mage uh, stream on Wednesday nights, uh, as well as on our podcast, The Heroes of Tomorrow. I get to play a dissociative identity teddy bear who looks like this. He's so freaking cute. This oh, is... my God. That is so freaking cute. I have a life-size model of one of my characters. No, it's it's adorable, except when he gets the cleaver out or the. It's a machete, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah, and or you can check me out over at Green Ronin, where I am the line developer for Newton's Masterminds. I'm in charge of the game we're playing, so that's fun. Oh, you know, small potatoes. Yeah, you know, no (laughs) stress on me or anything having to DM for the guy that makes the fucking game. Um, And I'll pass it over to Dan. If anything, I have 
my names are different on everything. I don't, I'm not streamlined like Quinn is. Quinn has that mastered. Uh, so if anything, uh, all of my links to all the social stuff is under my Instagram, which is my beard featuring me. I stream a good bit. I'm trying to get more into it. Uh, currently, I'm in the middle of a Far Cry 5 playthrough. And then I spice it up every now and again. I've been obviously playing Zelda, so I might start streaming that as well soon. Otherwise, you can catch me doing stuff with the podcast here. I pretty much think that's it. Cool. So, Quinn, your turn. Um. Uh, yeah, this is my first time ever on the internet. I have no idea what I'm no. doing. <laughs> no, Um. but seriously, my name is Control Quinn. Um, Control Alt Quinn. Everywhere. Literally everywhere. I'm a full-time like Twitch partner, comedian, all these other things. Yeah, this is really fun. Thank you for inviting me um, to bring some chaos to your campaign. I can't wait. I'm Troy. Uh, Troy Hewitt. I work for Green Ronin Publishing, and I'm the guy that does outreach and engagement and connects with folks. Uh, I host Mutants and Masterminds Monday with Alex and Steve, and we talk about Mutants and Masterminds stuff. On Thursdays, it's Thursdage, which is a show that's powered by the Adventure Game Engine, which is our proprietary engine for games like Dragon Age or Fantasy Age or Modern Age or Blue Rose or The Expanse or I'm missing a couple. Uh, fifth season we announced. Um, Cthulhu Awakens. With Cthulhu Awakens. Thank you. Um, we've been doing this for 23 years. Now, I haven't been here the whole entire time um, because I'm young. But uh, I, I've been my career has been working in video games, um, AAA, MMORPGs. And uh, I made the switch over to um, working on tabletop for about about three years ago so i love it it's a lot of fun you can follow me on twitter if you like um i'm it's me troy if you like progressive politics and activism um give me a follow if you don't don't <laughs> um but yeah i'm i'm super stoked i'm just in love with every single person in the cast this is just so much fun i'm really looking forward to being a pain in everybody's ass <laughs> with the pro band without just, <laughs> just don't lick me, you little green feller. Stay over there. <laughs> and uh, to make one tiny little addendum, because I made it sound like we were going to be showing off all of the character art once we get it done on stream, that will not be happening. But where that will be happening is on our social media, which is may at MayhemCast, pretty much everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, uh, uh, Instagram. I personally, uh, I am... Uh, at Brandon Brownson on Twitter, or if you want to check out my music, because I do uh, at this point all of the music on the podcast. Check me out on Spotify, Instagram, pretty much wherever. Pope Brandon Brownson. With all of that said, on behalf of all of us, again, I am Pope Brandon Brownson. Thank you so much, and keep an eye out for Redacted Rangers Session 1. Masks and Mayhem uses the game Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition by Green Ronin Publishing. We are not affiliated. The episode was written and produced by Brandon Brownson, with production assistance by myself, R.C. Byler. Be sure to check out our Kofi if you're interested in helping the show grow. That's ko-fi.com slash mayhemcast. Every little bit helps. Our logo art is by Jen Evans, and our font is by AJ Eisen. Our theme music is by Pope Brandon Brownson. Additional music credits, social media links, blog posts, and episodes can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com. Mayhem.com.